This is Without Compromise, a show that explores what happens when you won't settle for anything less than your crazy ideas. We'll talk to athletes, founders, adventurers, and entrepreneurs of all kinds about living without compromise. I'm your host, Mason Gravely. Welcome to the show. We're programmed for survival, so our instinct is to give up on these situations, to move away from them. I thought if I didn't sign up for that race, that I was just going to disappear. It doesn't have to be these big, huge things that everyone thinks you need to do to make a difference. Hey folks, welcome to the show. Oh man, I'm so excited about this one. This episode with Anthony Cooper Jenkins is so interesting. He's a cyclist, an artist, a father, uh, cooks. He's an artist in the kitchen as well as we talk about later. Uh, he does so many things and so much of his life has, has just come about in such an interesting way. Uh, that I think you're really going to learn a lot from Anthony. Anthony is one of our ambassadors, uh, one of our amazing ambassadors, that is. Uh, and this interview has a corresponding blog post that I want you to check out that talks about a few other aspects of his life. And that's written by our very own Julie Engler, and that is linked in the show notes. So please check that out. There's also more pictures to see uh, Anthony writing and, and creating art. Uh, very cool stuff. And at the end of this episode, we do have a little mini-series out talking with uh, our West Coast correspondent, Nick Drake, is talking to Mike Ship, our new Jedi director, which here at Athletic Brewing uh, is in a hugely important role. Uh, Mike is going to be running that program along with some of our impact and all these nonprofit partnerships. Mike is incredibly passionate. He started as an ambassador as well and got brought on the team in the sales position and now is a part of our uh, our Jedi program and runs the whole thing. So we're going to hear from him what he's excited about, and that's at the end of the episode. So please stick around for that. And if you haven't already, pick up some Soul Sour, pick up some of the limited beers and some of the flagships at athleticbrewing.com. Uh, free shipping almost anywhere in the country. Also, there's a store finder on there to find it on store shelves near you. All right, let's go ahead and jump in. All right, folks, welcome to Without Compromise. You heard a little bit about Anthony in the intro, uh, but Anthony, welcome to the show. Thanks for making time on a, on a Sunday for us. Yeah, hey, Mason, thank you for having me. So so where, where are you coming from? Where's home for you? Home is Baltimore, um, originally from the, the Washington, D.C., Prince George's County area. Um, we call it the DMV back home, but um, for the past... 20, 20 some odd years I've been in, in Baltimore. 20-something years. Holy cow, I didn't realize that. What what have, what have changes have you seen in 20 years? I mean, I'm sure it's been a ton, it, good or bad, or just you, you obviously love the place. Um, So the in that within that 20-year span, well, I, I came to Baltimore to go to, to college in 2000, graduated in 2004, and... Um, as soon as I graduated, had a job lined up and I've just, just, just been out here ever since then. So a, a lot of what, what I've seen change is really, I guess, <laughs> more of a reflection of just my evolution over the past, you know, 20 years, just, you know, bouncing from different areas of, of, of Baltimore and, and Baltimore County. It's been a, been a, a, a good, I'd say, um, no outright major, major changes, but, um, you know, because I, I went from being in Baltimore City, then having my first few apartments in one side of the county, Baltimore County, then ended up moving and settling to another side of, of, of Baltimore County once I met my wife, then girlfriend, and 
settled down, had kids and, and, and bought a house. So, you know, a lot of, like I said, a lot of which was changed has just been just more a reflection of kind of where I've been stages of my life. But I, I did want to say you, you, you mentioned going to school in that area. Uh, but you you weren't even in the states before this. You grew up in an entirely <laughs> different country. Tell us where did mm-hmm. you grow up and what and what kind of home did you grow up in? Yeah, so um, I went to high school. So I, I came straight to Baltimore from Venezuela. So that's where I spent four years of my high school. Prior to that, I was I was stateside in the Prince George's County area. But then as far back as elementary school, I spent a couple of years in. Um, Switzerland, actually. So we, we, we hopped a little bit, my family and I, um, due to my dad's job, you know, the, the, the two major, major locations that I've spent quite a bit of time have been uh, Caracas, Venezuela, like I said, for high school. And then I was in Bern. We were in Bern, Switzerland during my kindergarten to third grade or part of my third grade years and kind of moved back on the Prince George's County side from third grade to third grade through the end of middle school and then at that point transitioned over overseas to uh, to Venezuela. What was your feelings around that experience? Were you just like, oh, you know, this is life. This is just what you do. You move around. Or, or was it like, oh, this is really difficult? Yeah. So as, as early in, in, in the earlier years, um, moving to, to Europe, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of really too young to like, decipher the impact and, and to settle into like certain states of reflection to really deem whether or not, you know, just to discern how you really feel about moving. So when I was young, it just seemed like this is what we do. Um, but moving as we, as, as I left middle school and into high school, um, you know, it, it, it took on a, a different, different level of impact. You know, it's, you're kind of in that phase of life where you're getting to be, you know, you're, transitioning into like more of a, a social space in your life so initially moving i i can't say and screaming but <laughs> but i didn't really want to move um you know leaving middle school and entering high school um i had established a great group of friends friends that i've had since kindergarten since before moving to europe right uh, and then to find out that we got to move again at the end of um, at the end of my eighth grade year, I, I, I fought it in my own way by <laughs> by not even telling my friends that I was moving. <laughs> Which you now didn't show up one day. <laughs> and they never, and they didn't see you again until college. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, we came back to the states every summer. Um, and I guess my my first summer back, I you know reestablished some of the connections that I that I kind of left hanging in, in, in eighth grade. You know, a lot of a lot of my friends grew up in the, the the same area where I at the time where I was living, staying pretty much a lot of the time with my with my grandparents. Um, so I think my first summer back, you know, my grandparents were like, "Yeah, you know, some of your guys kept stopping by looking for you," and I, you know, I, I told them that you ended up moving and that you'll be back over, there, you know, during the summer. And um, and yeah, so I, I guess in 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 a way that was my way of dealing, or I guess I was trying not to deal with how I felt about moving, and in in doing that, kind of you know, left some of my guys behind, but, um, we've since actually reestablished our connections in a very, very, very tight as if, you know, as, as if I never left, but, um, but yes, yeah, so at, at the moment it was a, a bit of reluctancy, but of course I couldn't fight it because, you know, that's what, <laughs> that's what we had to do. Um, but upon like actually moving and settling it over there, it didn't take long for me to 
realized how amazing the opportunity was going to be. Um, and even in retrospect, I feel like it was one of the best um, best times of my life. And uh, I continue to to reflect on the, the the greatness, and I'm grateful for that opportunity to live overseas, especially during my during my high school years. But um, yeah, it, it was different initially, but I was welcomed in such a way that immediately diminished um, a lot of the the discord that I thought that I anticipated I would um, I would encounter. You, you mentioned how impactful the opportunity has been. What what kind of mindset did you have going in? Obviously, some apprehension, but why was it so impactful, or why are you so grateful for it? What was the experience for you, and what 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 are some of the things that ended up happening? So just just moving to uh, a, a country like um beautiful in so many respects. Um, but again, just from the from the time I stepped into the the, the, the high school, the em- embrace that I received, you could tell it was genuine. Um, it lasted my, you know, all four years. Um, got a chance to play play basketball on the team, um, travel a little bit over and just and just to, to, to grow in a school where actually nobody looked like me outside of my brother and sister who also attended the same school. It was a to be in a school where 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 nobody looked like me. Um, was 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 scary initially, um, but like I said, from the first time I walked in, walked down the hall, again some of the some of the first people that spoke to me are people that I, I still speak to pretty, um, pretty right currently um, as we you know as as we speak. I was just talking to someone from 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 high school on, on Facebook the other day when they saw the the, um, the blog post that I that I posted on Facebook. So just to have those those connections that have again continued to live what I guess twenty plus years at this point has been um, has been amazing. My I guess one of the most pivotal moments of my time there was my entry into this space of being an artist. Um, I, I I attribute my I guess my how do I want to say this I, I attribute the my I guess my, my my development as an artist and my realization that. I, I I had a gift that needed to share um, that that kind of, that moment presented itself in high school thanks to my high school art teacher Miss Helen Hill. It was it was kind of during that time I, the the school I went to Escuela Campo Alegre was a uh, an IB school international baccalaureate school and around my entering entering my eleventh grade year we had to select I think it was two IB classes one of which had to be higher level. And I found myself stuck with the decision on what, what I needed to take to pursue my higher level IB credit. It just happened that at the time I was taking her art class, Ms. Hill's art class as just an elective. I'm not gonna say I wasn't taking it serious, but it was an elective. Came in, did the assignments, um, carried my sketchbook back and forth with me, which I always um, had a sketchbook and always kind of drew and, and, and you know, develop my my, my skill set. Um, I was always kind of sketching it in, in my in my uh, sketchbook. And I guess, as I, as I recall, I think she 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 overheard me talking to somebody about being stuck with trying to figure out which IB class, which higher level IB class I should take. And she kind of stepped in and was like, "Well, come in here with your sketchbook tomorrow. We'll have a conversation." Came in with the sketchbook and kind of informed me to pull me into a higher level art class 
I resisted quite a bit. Um, I believe there was even a conversation with my with my parents, and before I knew it, I had no choice but to pursue higher level IB art class. But um, it was it was kind of through that moment that I realized that there was there was something there. You know, she kind of pulled so much out of me um, as part of the graduation requirement to get the credit, the higher level IB credit. At the end of my senior year, I had to conduct a or take part in an in an exhibition like a full-on real life open to the public exhibition which was scary as all get out <laughs> but um oh, I can, I bet. but again right like a high school senior and you know still unsure about whether or not i even wanted to share my art because again like i was pulled into the class just based off of what i used to keep in my sketchbook but at that moment my sketchbook was very private my sketchbook was kind of like my therapy I barely shared it with anybody. If I if I completed a sketch and I was happy about it, I would share it with my parents. But like outside of that, yeah, like nobody had access to my sketchbook. So just to kind of be pulled out of that shell and to to develop the level of confidence that I was able to to, to grow in in such a short amount of time with Miss Hill has been transformative in my life. So um, again, I continue to thank her to this day. We still keep in contact via via Facebook, you know, so to your question about, you know, what were some of the moments that that, that that made my experience overseas what it was, that moment is probably the um the the, the one that had been most impactful just in, 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 in being able to look back at just that car that initial conversation with with Miss Hill and kind of had it had it not been for that experience overseas, I can't say I'd even be on the phone with you, you know, being able to speak about some of the things that we're speaking about, having a conversation with Julie and being able to, to, to surface some of the things that we spoke about. Or, or being or expressing yourself in this way mm -hmm. to this day, you know, it's mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. it's amazing. So it, what's what's amazing to me about that is the apprehension you had towards like, I don't want to I didn't really want to do this. But Miss Hill yeah. encouraged you and uh got you to sign up and, and what it opened up in your life. That's unbelievable in the things it has yeah, led to. Absolutely. F from that initial opening of your mind in art, you didn't necessarily pursue it anymore until mm -hmm. you had a, your daughter or you had a dream about your yeah. daughter. Can you mm -hmm. tell us about that? I thought that was absolutely nuts that you, you <laughs> had this gift, you, you pursue it. And I totally get it. Like there's things we love and we're good at life takes over and you just don't have the time to discover it until later in life. But the way you rediscovered mm -hmm. it was so unique. Yeah. Yeah. So one, one thing that, 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 that I didn't share um, with Julie with, you know, just right there in that moment that you're, that you're speaking about. So I got precursor to the dream, right? So, um, you know, I'm, I'm leaving high school on this, on this high where I'm just like, yo, like I'm an artist. Like I'm, I'm, I'm good. Like I'm, I've always sketched, you know, my my weapons of choice have always prior to that prior to that high school experience all have always been pencil and paper, graphite and paper. First time I painted was in high school. The whole exhibition was um surrounding just just that. Like all of my pieces had been had been painted, again, never having having painted before. So I'm leaving high school unsure kind of where my art is going to carry me. So again, I guess the precursor to the dream, right? we get you know we get back stateside we get settled time passes months years and my my pieces my portfolio never made it stateside for some way somehow my uh my high school portfolio 
never made it back home stateside. And that crushed me. Literally not one piece made it stateside. If we can fast forward to my wife, then girlfriend, we were together. And I remember, again, like I said, we, we weren't pregnant. So like how this dream was planted, I'm sure it was very divinely oriented. I trust that with, with, with all my heart. And I just remember waking up one day and I had a dream in which I, I, I was having a conversation with my, my daughter. She, she says in the conversation, hey, dad, how come if everybody is always talking about how great of an artist you are and how, how much great artwork you produce, how come I never see you paint? How come I've never seen any of your work? And that was it. Like in, in the dream, I stuttered, probably had no response. And I woke up and I was just like, yo, I have no idea how I'll respond if my own child or anybody would, would kind of challenge me in that way. So that same day, pulled my stuff out, <laughs> pulled the easel out, mounted it in the, in the living room and started painting. And the piece that I produced ended up being the first article of clothing that I actually sold with my art on it. And um, again, that moment then and of itself was, 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 was pivotal because it reignited that sense of like lost confidence that I had. It, it, it resurfaced a lot of the, the, the conversations and a lot of the interactions that I had in high school with, with Ms. Hill. So in many ways, it was a, um, a very a familiar rebirth, right? So my initial birth was what happened back with, with, in high school with Ms. Hill. This was like the, 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 the moment of rebirth. The moment in which I kind of started to make more more calculated decisions on, you know, how I would pursue my art and how I would pursue opportunities to to make my art more public, and um and yeah, again, you know, just like had it not been for Miss Hill and my parents at that time, had it not been for that dream, I'm not sure where I would have landed, you know, as far as my, my pursuits in the arts. The power of dreams, man. The power of dreams. That is too cool. So, so, and, and then I also read, you know, when you got into cycling and you, you, you participated in the relay, the triathlon relay we did with Mike Ship and with Athletic Brewing Ambassadors, mm-hmm. and you were really, mm-hmm. you, you said no from the beginning with that, and it ended up being a really fun thing you were part of, really impactful. It sounds like things you don't want to do end up being the, the, the path <laughs> you're supposed to go. <laughs> I feel seen. I feel like you just pulled my yeah, car. Yeah, it's like, dang, every every everything this guy does, he didn't want to do originally. <laughs> Is that a pattern in your life? Is that just have you noticed that in other areas too? I feel like I should have prepared for this one. So I, I can't say I don't always meet things with resistance, but in 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 many ways, I'm slow to act in some spaces until I start to see how dots connect. So. Like in, in, in this in this instance with the with the triathlon relay, I said I said no initially because I didn't realize that I was participating in the in the relay. You thought it was all gonna be you doing I, I, I thought it was like yeah, I thought it was full on and you know, Mike and I've had conversations just about, you know, I, I think triathletes are some of the most motivating athletes out there. Um Mike, Mike being one of them. And just kind of seeing that, and and just kind of, kind kind of trying to to channel that into current goals as 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 an athlete, always kind of consider like, yo, it would it would be dope to do it to do a triathlon. So 
But Mike dropped this on me. I thought this was like his push to say, yo, just go out there and do it. <laughs> so there's no resistance with the relay part. <laughs> the resistance was <laughs> with what I <laughs> what I assumed would have been me participating in like the whole thing. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like you never know where the next thing is coming from. Because I also read mm-hmm. when, when you originally got into cycling, and I know we're kind of jumping around here, but when you got into cycling, you, you met the woman that would be your wife. You found out you were pregnant, and it sounded like all in a very short amount of time, all this life changing stuff or these things that become a big part of your life, all happened really close together. How much yeah. do you try to control your path? versus how much do you just see where the path goes? It's a great question. So I do not try to control so much for reasons that are rooted in just my my, my, my faith and my trust in God, right? So I'm very, again, in many ways, slow to slow to speak and slow to act because I am always faithful that the dots that are supposed to connect are going to connect when it's time for them to connect. And I'm a firm believer that if I move in haste, I will miss certain signals or certain opportunities that were that were meant for me. Like a dream. Very, very much so. Very much so. Which is, again, why when that dream happened, I knew I had to yield to it and, and, and take action. So, I, yeah, I, I try not to be too controlling because I don't want to shut off certain certain avenues that are in process of being paved for for me to step into, if that makes sense. Um, I feel like if, if I've tried to control too much, I would have missed, you know, this opportunity with you, the opportunity with Julie, the opportunity with, 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 with Pactimo and just several other opportunities that, again, may have seemingly, you know, fallen in my lap out of nowhere. But again, I also stand very faithful that things are always moving in my favor and are exposed to me at the time in which I'm ready to, um, to take those opportunities to pursue those opportunities. You, you, you talked a lot about in the article with athletic, um, to Julie, you talked a lot about legacy. Like a lot of what you do is mm-hmm. in preparation for your legacy. Mm-hmm. What, what, what would you say, what are you trying to do with your legacy and who is your legacy for? Is it for, what in your mind is it for this grand audience? Is it for your kids? Is it for just the people you interact with? What like what's the overall impact of that legacy in your mind when you're making these decisions mm. and doing these things? Yeah, um, it's I wouldn't say it's for a grand audience. I'd say it's for those who are within my reach or at some point will 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 step within my reach. Now if that turns into a you know. A, you know what we might want to term a, a grand audience then then okay but those who who see me whether i know they see me or not um those who are watching another watching or not um more immediately my my kids my wife my family those who are who are, who are very very close to me but i'm a just a, a a firm believer in you don't always remember what what people have taught you but you remember how they feel so in these different spaces that I'm able to, to straddle, if I'm able to, to offer some type of influence or be in a position of influence in any type of way, whether it's, you know, whether I, I know exactly who I'm influencing or not, all of that plays into the legacy that, that I want to leave behind, 
you know, I want my kids to, to to follow in you know several several examples that I'm that I'm leading as a as a father, but just as a as a, as a person, as a human, as a person who is, I guess, in a way, moved into different spaces and and to 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 like in, in having this conversation with you and having conversations with with Julie, the impact of these conversations, the 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 residual right that kind of continues to to live once these conversations have have long passed, I consider all of that part of my legacy. Things that can speak for me without me having to continuously speak on them. The way you might go and have a conversation with, with Mike just about this conversation, our interaction, I feel like all of that is is is, is, is my legacy. All I need to be, be careful with how we plant those moments to make sure that that that, that they are feeding the legacy that you want to, to to follow you and that you want to live once you are not even gone from this earth, but just kind of more removed from dirt from different spaces that you may um, have the opportunity to maneuver in. Well said. Hopefully there'll be a way to listen to this conversation years to come for your kids Hopefully. or grandkids or whoever, whoever, whoever might mm-hmm. come across it and be affected by it. Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, I tell you what, we we can jump into uh, a couple rapid fire questions, and then this thing will be uh, wrapped up. Okay. W- what would you say you're most curious about right now, outside of cycling, outside of art? Is there like a, a something that's you know, hey, I'd like to pursue that, or that that's really interesting to me? Um, you say outside of cycling and outside of art. So I'm I'm actually trying to like reignite my my love for photography so i actually just just bought a drone so i'm I'm trying to you know just kind of see what that what that does that is not what i expect you to say a drone <laughs> yeah i mean it's i mean it's it's something that kind of like has my attention right now right just kind of reading different articles watching videos of <laughs> watching videos about drone photography and aerial photography and then you know trying to find the intersect intersection between that and cycling and art of course what else am I am I am I pursuing? Very very high on my list is to um, pursue my real estate license. That's 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 something I've been I've been sitting on for a while. So that is definitely on my uh, very high on my my next move list. Drones and real estate. That's the that's a first. <laughs> and I mean, technically, there's an intersection for that. You know, but, oh for um, sure. For sure. There's yeah, I just you know, I didn't know uh, I thought you were gonna say I don't know, cooking or something. That's what we hear a lot. Cooking or baking or, or, or reading. Uh this is the drones. Well, and real you know, estate. I keep I do keep cooking in my back pocket. I I am I'm I'm proud to, to say that I'm the, the primary chef in chef in the house. Okay. And you know, I actually actually did tell my wife, I think it was last summer, that I wanted to take like a, a legit cooking class, like a like a like a chef's course. So not just like a cooking class, but like something that really, really um, teaches the the behaviors of different spices, the interactions that they that they achieve in different dishes and stuff like that to kind of elevate what I do in the kitchen. So cooking is 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 pretty high up on the list as just well. Just elevate your whole cooking game to the next level. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Artist, artist in the kitchen too. All right. Yes, yes, I'm definitely definitely addicted to the process. You know, so there's definitely art in are in the process of cooking. So with all that in mind, I have no clue what the answer will be, but what would you say one of your biggest goals you haven't yet achieved yet is? Biggest goals that I have not yet achieved. 
is probably without putting too much thought into how was to answer this question probably completing a triathlon since i've not done one before i'm i'm, I'm good starting with the sprint and just kind of seeing how that goes if i if i get sucked in i can see myself you know really really pushing and, and, and training to get to that that iron man level but i'm sure that's years and years down the line but um even just to, to check to check off the box the the triathlon completer box i would uh i'd be i'd be happy about that you know we've got a team athletic that i do yeah, yeah, that I, I do, and, we, <laughs> and we're going to be partnered with Iron Man for a little while. So you know, maybe maybe a year or two down the line, I think you could do it. Um, but w- what would you say up to date is one of your proudest achievements outside of? Uh, I don't know. I, I can't say outside of your, your career because I'm not sure which one of these you would even consider your career. We haven't talked <laughs> yeah. about your career. Oh. Work. <laughs> what, what what would you say uh, one I, of your I, proudest achievements is? One of one of my proudest achievements is. I always say one of my one of my proudest is being a, a, a father of two and a husband. They are always the, the center of what and why and how I do things. So just to to say that I think I I am on a successful path of of being a good dad and husband, I think I I, I definitely is something that continuously acknowledge and center when I think about my my proudest moments. Also, again, because, you know, kind of going back to kind of yielding to to how dots are continuously connecting in my life, even this moment right here to be able to speak to you and the moment to be featured by Athletic is high on the, 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 the proud moments list. The opportunity to have designed a kit for Pactimo for last year's Black History Month um, definitely high on my, my, my proudest moments list. That's awesome. You should be proud. That's I love hearing Thank that you, about man. being a dad, being a husband. That's, uh, that's awesome though. Well, well tell me this, uh, what's a, you know, you, you've got all these goals, you've got all these things you do. Uh, wh- what's a daily habit you stick to that really helps you stay on track, helps you be your best every day? Talking to God. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a, it, it it comes in comes in several forms. I can pull out my driveway, head down the street on the way to work, and and, and see how pretty the sunrise is. And that's a that's a cue to just if anything, just to stop and say thank you. Um, but I also know that in my relationship with God, I can just open my mouth and talk, um, or listen to a certain song, and communicate what I need to communicate. Um, or to again just kind of fall back into a place of just gratitude and uh and, and thanksgiving you know because i'm always in a space of reflection so again that's also just a, a daily habit so it's just during those reflective moments um where i'm constantly just scanning my day scanning my life and just being being thankful that's awesome do you, do you have a favorite athletic brewing beer Oh yeah, the Cerveza Atlética. Okay, maybe maybe a little time in Venezuela influenced that. Yeah. That is the one, and, and you know what? I, I don't even think it has anything anything to do with Venezuela. I just no. I it it wasn't it wasn't my first one, but when I had it, I think the first time I tried it, I ended up drinking like three on the spot, and 
it's just it's just been the one <laughs> it's really good I, there's I, I definitely it's my wife's favorite too and and there's times where i just pick it up thinking is it? like oh you know it's gonna be pretty good and i'm like dang this is better than i it's always better than i remember it being every time that's, i drink yeah it. and i guess i guess that's that's what it is yeah so so last question and I know you you answered this in the uh, the blog, but but what does it mean mm-hmm. to you? Because on the cans, every can it says brew without compromise. But we believe to brew and to do anything without compromise, you kind of you just got to be your lifestyle. It's got to be who you are. It's got to be what you do. Yeah. It, all in a, you know pretty much every way of life, you got to live without compromise. Um, mm-hmm. What does it mean to you to live without compromise? Um, very similarly to to, to what you just said. Um, to to commit, to commit fully without, without seeking shortcuts, right? So in doing so, you're, 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 you're trusting the process. You are becoming part of the process so much that it bleeds into your lifestyle, right? So if, 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 if you're an artist, do it without compromise. People should be able to, to, to see it into kind of how you walk and how you talk. If you're a cyclist, do it without compromise. Um, trust the process of growth, develop your goals, stick to the goals. And again, it'll become kind of organically part of your, part of your lifestyle and, and, you know, let it reflect in how you eat, how you, how you, how you train again, how you walk and just kind of, it, it, it bleeds into the DNA of, 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 of your life. All right, that was the interview with Anthony. Now we're going to jump in and hear from our new Jedi director, Mike Ship, uh, being interviewed by Nick Drake. Hi, I'm here with Mike Ship, um, the new Jedi manager. But before we go into that, uh, Mike, I'd love to ask you about your progression with Athletic, kind of how you've ended up in this role. You have a very interesting story, as I've learned a lot of our teammates have. Um, would you like to introduce yourself and kind of give us your background? Yeah, yeah, I can definitely do that. And um, one thing that is really cool, I know I was on a podcast before, so definitely can check out that podcast to get a bit more about my background. Um, but where we are from that previous episode, again, started with Athletic as an ambassador after after uh, doing Atlantic City 70.3 back in 2019. As soon as I crossed the finish line, I saw folks there giving out beer and that's a person that uh, doesn't drink alcohol I kind of bypassed it until I realized that it was non-alcoholic and I ran up to the to the table to get some beer luckily it was like right before they started to shut down and um fell in love with it it's really cool became an ambassador soon soon after then about a year year and a half from there joined the team as a territory manager so working directly with the sales team managing D.C., Maryland, and uh, Northern Virginia. And here is a recent, and beginning of 2022, rather, um, joined the transition to the Jedi manager role, so essentially managing our justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion initiatives, um, both internally and externally for athletic growing. That's awesome to hear. I, I love hearing, like, just how you started and, like, how far – you've come in such a short amount of time. And that's kind of, I mean, what a lot of people have experienced with Athletic is kind of starting in this role, whatever role it may be, and then really having the opportunity to grow, which is I see day in and day out with all of the different teammates that I interact with. I guess, what are you, I guess let's just start with that. What drew you to this role? Uh, it's definitely something I'm 
super, super passionate about. Um, growing up in Philly in a super diverse community, um, it was something that was just really instilled into me in a really young age. Going into the military, you know, having that experience, getting out of the military and then working at Bank of America in particularly, really having an opportunity to work directly under the COO for Merrill Lynch and manage a lot, help manage rather a lot of our um, employee engagement initiatives for our line of business, but being completely clueless what was going on, you know, having that military background, not knowing what's going on at a bank, but being on this high level team, I felt like there was a lot of pressure. And as I thought about that pressure, I realized the question, like, I cannot be the only person having these difficult times and like not understanding stuff kind of asked around and asked for resources, asked for help and realized that we had a virtual program for military veterans at Bank of America and some communities, some states, they had representation. But um, even though New Jersey had about three, have, has about three bases and we had 7,000 employees just at Bank of America, we didn't have any resources for veterans at the time. So you know, with those questions that I had, again, realizing that I can't be the only person that's having this difficult time transitioning into Bank of America, decided to get the permission, rather, quote unquote, use that permission language in a really big air quotes, actually. But um, started our military support and assistance group for the state of New Jersey. Um, you know, started with myself. And when I left New Jersey, you had about 120 people in their chapter. I had about 15 people on my leadership team. And just being in that role was something that I loved. It was something I continued to be passionate about. Um, so I always wanted to figure out how can I make that my job. And now, you know, here, essentially managing our, again, our DEI uh, work, something I love, but something I'm really knowledgeable about, continuing to be knowledgeable about as I now have this as a full-time job. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. And I feel like having those experiences and that background kind of, I think will give you like a great foundation to like succeed in this role. And just like the fact you being just like a very integrated part of like our community and like such a passionate player in terms of how you've grown with the company. And like, I imagine that's going to give you success as well. Just having interacted with like a lot of the teammates already, I'm sure that that is going to help you in this role. Um, what are you looking to like accomplish? Or I guess like, what are your goals? Still like a pretty new role. We're like a really young company and these things are very important. I guess, how do you see yourself progressing in this role, like personally? And then how do you see like the role moving forward with these values? Yeah. Ooh. My goals change every day, every week, <laughs> every moment. Um, and, and again, that's that's more so because, you know, this role is so important to me. Um, you know, working with athletic is is definitely a passion of mine. Um, but the most important thing for me is to really uplift the not only the uh, underrepresented communities outside of athletic, right, and figuring out how can we work with them in a really authentic way, but really uplifting uplifting our teammates. We have some really, really great people in athletic that come from really diverse backgrounds and just trying to create opportunities to help them really develop and really collaborate with other teammates 
to understand what they can bring if they are not really aware of that um, and just really pull that 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 out of them and that knowledge out of them and and again help them develop personally help them develop professionally if that's something they want and make sure they know about what the resources are and really create that bridge again for more people especially in underrepresented communities to join athletic whether it's as an ambassador whether it's as an employee or just a fan um and again the most important thing no matter what we're doing is to do that in an authentic way as much as possible. That is by far the most important thing for us. Really excited for you. I wish the best for you. I think that you have just all the tools you need and it's a it's a tall task, but I, I think you're definitely cut out for it. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. I'm excited. Well, there you have it. Check out the blog for the rest of the story. You can learn more about Anthony at his website, his Instagram, all that is in the show notes. And if you would like to try Soul Sour, any of the other athletic brewing beers out right now, go to athleticbrewing.com. Free shipping on two six packs or more almost anywhere in the US. And we now are for sale Canada, Australia, the UK, and the EU. All right, we'll see you again in two weeks.